Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Welcome back to a whole new week of The Queen's Gambit, where we are breaking down the last three episodes of The Queen's Gambit. And let me just say... What you gonna say? Phenomenal! Yeah, it was great. It was uh, a really, really good show. Right, drop that. Uh, Yeah, it was a good show. Queen's Gambit, we just finished it up. Uh, Sorry that we are a day late on the episode, but... We've been busy. Life gets in the way. <laughs> Life man. gets in the way. We just got back from Thanksgiving and everything else, and uh, work's been crazy this week. But Amen. we had to make the time so that we got in the show, and we are kind of happy that we are running the episodes. Three episodes was kind of a lot, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it was really just a good show. Right? It, was, it was so so good, and I loved episode six. The next to last episode was right. super long to me. Right, it right. It felt like it just kind of dragged on, but... It did. Overall, this show, I kind of want to watch it again and just binge watch it. I'm going to watch it again and just okay, binge bet. watch okay, it. Okay, so bet. Let's do it. You do that, because um, I'm definitely going to do it. If you know, We can do it together. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Bet, bet. All right, let's go over what happened. So... If you have not watched and or maybe you watched before and you want to go back and think about it, uh, episode five, we kind of have what I think is kind of a setup episode, but it is what it is. Um, it opens up with like a mom, her mom giving a speech about being alone, which her mom opens up, I think, the next three episodes, five, six and seven. Her mom opens up. Yes. And you actually made a point while we were watching it that her mom opens up each episode and is foreshadowing. Beth's life. Right. What she's, she's about to experience. Yeah, we're getting what we're about to experience in the episode and right. whatever her mom is saying. So, um, yeah, what happens then, there's a Ohio Championships. Uh, Beltic kind of comes into to the to her life right now, yeah. right? Teaches her a bunch of lessons. So, shout out to Harry at this point. He obviously is catching feelings, falling in love, but Beth doesn't feel the same. Right. Uh, so, he, gonna, he jets out. But... Benny plays her. Benny's back, plays her in uh, some speed chess and kicks her. You know what? Uh, but makes me hate him. Makes me love right, him. Right, makes right, right. Makes me love him. But she beat him in a championship, so now she is the champion, uh, U.S. champion. So kudos to her in episode five. And then, yeah, she planned on going to New York with Benny in episode six, which in episode six, that's what we open up with, right? She goes to New York with Benny. She's staying um, downstairs and... In, in a place that she feels very uncomfortable. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's not used to being in a city, uh, so she's super duper uncomfortable. Uh, and I think one of the biggest parts in this whole thing is that she beats, she plays three people in chess at one time. She's playing speed chess. Mm-hmm. One of them's a grandmaster. And she beats them and she's sober. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah, she's sober. So we've seen that Beth is starting to have a problem. At this point, she's not really full blown, but she's starting to have an issue, right? We see her downfall. Yeah, her downfall which we kind is of all expected. Episode six, and that's why episode six is so long, yeah. right? It's just like it felt like a drug forever. Uh, Benny got to 
Benny got the hit. <laughs> and it seems like Beth enjoyed Sorry. it, right? But what? I'm just saying he did. But going into that, also, I feel I actually mentioned this to you while we were watching it. She was like, really? That's what you have to say right now? Right. After they had sex. And so I think that we kind of got a glimpse into maybe chess isn't all there is. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we kind of see her burnout. We kind of see um, that, that maybe she's wanting to explore things that aren't chess because chess has been her life and her image for forever for, for so long. Yeah. Right. No, I feel you. But um, what else happens? We meet Cleo, mm -hmm. the girl, right. the, the model. Mm -hmm. um, she's cool. She's a, she's, I think she can potentially be a bad influence. That's my own personal opinion, but at least she's another character that Beth seems to have attached herself to. Right. Um, so it seems kind of cool for her. She then in episode six, we see the opening scene of the show. Mm -hmm. Where she is waking up in a tub. She's clearly hungover. This is probably one of the lowest parts in her chess game. Mm -hmm. She plays Borgov and she's crying, like literally, because she resigns and mm -hmm. she got a butt whoop. I think she's crying because she knew that she didn't do her best. And she, this is her fault. Right. It's all her fault. Yeah. Right. I think that that's why we see her emotion because she realized what she did to herself. Because she had been playing sober. And then she did this, mm -hmm. and one, she knew that she had let herself down, I feel like. One drink turned into a bad night, so right. um, probably a good night for her, but a very bad morning. Uh, and then that led to her going back and kind of retreating back into her shell. Right, and just going off of where, where we go, where we see from episode one, I really appreciate that that wasn't the last episode, because I feel like a lot of shows will kind of foreshadow and right. then go and tell you the backstory and then it ends where you started. Right. But I like the fact that we got to see, we got some explanation of what we were seeing at the beginning of the series and then more explanation afterwards. It wasn't just here she is um, about to play Borgov. Right. We got to see her lose again and then have to climb her way back up. So I really appreciated that. I'm glad you said that because that's actually like a writing technique and I am in the middle of, uh, writing a show that I feel very confident about. And somehow I'm trying to get it to Tyler Perry. I feel like Tyler <laughs> Perry would do it justice, but you want to, if this show didn't open with that scene, mm -hmm. the show is boring. Yeah. Right. Because I got to see that scene. I'm looking forward to what's going to happen. Right. I'm, Cause I'm you know okay. she's going to keep playing. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm okay with getting the backstory. If that scene was not there and we just started with her in the orphanage. Mm hmm. I don't know if I make it to episode like four and I'm like, all right, you need to like speed yeah. up. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so I'm glad they do that. They kind of put you at the high point. It's a high point and a low point. It's kind of, it's kind of the high point of the show, but it's the low point for the character, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty genius in the writing and editing. So kudos to them for that. She goes back home to uh, Kentucky and she's kind of distancing herself from everybody. She really falls into a deep binger mm -hmm. uh, where nothing is important to her. She's missing opportunities. She's not playing chess. She's drinking a lot. She's just going wild, mm -hmm. not answering the phone, off the hook, mm -hmm. not answering the door, passing out. Like, she's just going wild, episode six, at least at that point. Um, and her punk-ass dad comes, episode six as well, and pretty much tells her what she already knew. 
I didn't want you. Alma wanted you, you know. Right. But she buys that house so cool for her. Yeah, and I really, the whole time she was talking to him, I was like, yes, girl. Got to read him because he tripping. Tell him. Tell him because, one, he did say you can have the house. He didn't want mm-hmm. anything to do with anything. Two, he signed the papers. Yeah, so whether you want to say I'm your daughter or not, the papers say I'm your daughter. Right. Legally, I'm your daughter. You chose to leave. And he was still being rude about Alma. For which real. Which is very. Which is why he couldn't even really look at her because she was wearing Alma stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know. I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about his life and why he's just such an ass. Mm-hmm. Does he really got something else going on, you know, somewhere else? Yeah. Yeah, um, he's unimportant. He's very, very unimportant. But I think sometimes people, it's easier for people to like get quote unquote closure into his situation because right. they'll try to justify it as, oh, he got something else going on. He really didn't love her. And back then he was just staying with her because it's cheaper to keep her or whatever. Yeah. Um. That's but oh, well, F him. And at this point, Beth is looking trash, but at the end of episode <laughs> six, my favorite character comes back and saves the episode. Jolene is at the door. Like, what's up, girl? So that was cool. I like that. That was yeah. like a big moment. Yeah. When when we saw Jolene, I literally my jaw dropped and I was like, ah yes. Right, because I thought it was gonna first I thought it was gonna be a guy. I didn't know if it was gonna be Harry, but I, I also thought it was gonna be like the love of her life. Which we'll talk about in episode seven because yes, he makes an appearance. Okay, so episode seven starts. Beth and Jolene are together. They're going to Scheibel's uh, funeral. So RIP to Scheibel. Yes. Um, very sad. Yeah, he's a very, just a, a, a pivotal part to the story. Without him, we don't have Beth mm-hmm. at all. And uh, we also learned that Beth didn't give him the $10. So I'm kind of mad at Beth. <laughs> I know. Corey, I wish I could have seen it. When she said I owed him $10, Corey did a little pouty face because I don't know if y'all remember, but Corey was like, I hope she paid him back his $10. I Literally, that's like all I wanted to see from her was like, get that man his flowers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, he's really trying to help you. You won and you said you're going to give him his money. Just give him his money. He Which never really asked for much. Probably, you know, lets us know that she never talked to him again. Right. After borrowing that money. Which is sad. Yeah, especially when you see his his basement. I know, his little shrine. You know, he always uh, kept up with her. Oh, man. I may have cried in this uh, these last couple of episodes. She definitely cried like three times in episode seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, true. <laughs> it definitely happened. I was like, you're a sap. Um, but anyway, she goes to Russia. So that was cool. Um, yeah, she, Russia's beautiful. Ex- yeah, From definitely, watching this. Definitely. She seems to be getting back on the right track. Right. Like Jolene comes in, kind of takes her not necessarily back to her roots, but sometimes you got to do that to get back to to what you're you know, you're good at. Right. I feel like she kind of grounds her. Right. Because she was the one person who knew her before she was famous Mm -hmm. and always did. They were always in it together. So uh, kudos to Jolene for doing that. Got her helped her get to Russia. She gets to Russia um, and she. I mean, she she kills it and she. And can we also talk about Jolene? Like, yeah, good on. for her. Definitely. Being a paralegal, we love to see it. She did everything that, like, she beat the odds. She definitely beat the odds. Definitely beat, like, we thought she's not going to get adopted. She's going to age out of the system and 
she's literally got everything stacked against her. I was actually talking to Corey when we were watching it, and I was like, man, I hate it for people like that who are in the system throughout their entire childhood. They age out, and then they're just kind of in the world on their own. Right. But we we heard she got a scholarship. She decided that she didn't want to do that. She wanted to go into something that she was passionate about. So she found her passion, and I love, love, love to see it. Yeah, she did, a f- like, phenomenal. Literally, that's a story that you're probably not going to see a lot, mm-hmm. but always feels good when you do see mm-hmm. it, right? Which is why <laughs> if you watch any sports thing, especially like NBA or NFL draft, they always, like, talk about people who have this ridiculous humble story, beginnings. right? Humble beginnings, I guess you could say. Well, here she is, and she's doing very good for herself, but she never really lost herself either. She's still playing the game. You know, Jolene's right. still playing the game to get right. through life. Uh, so shout out to her. And yeah, I think the maybe the most pivotal part of episode seven is we see that that Beth has always had a good support system, mm-hmm. even though she may have personally wrecked those relationships. Mm-hmm. They still came together for her to help her to help yeah. her out. That also made me cry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I turned around. She was teared up in that one, too. And they helped her beat Borgov. Now, I know that the end game was hers, mm-hmm. but she would have never got there without her friends. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a huge, huge moment in the show. And let me tell you something. From watching Ratchet to watching this, Ratchet, Ratchet, whatever, to watching this, mm-hmm. this is how you end a show. Yeah. Okay. This is, I feel complete. Yeah. <laughs> Even if there was a season two, like, I'm fine, you know? And this is actually a show where I'm okay if there's not a season two. Right. Like, it is a beautiful story, and I would love to have a season two, but I'd be okay if there wasn't. I feel complete. I feel well-rounded. I feel like I know everything about her that I need to know. And I I know this sounds bad, but I kind of don't care what she does next. No, right. No, it doesn't sound bad. Sequels are for money. Yeah, I, Me, exactly. personally, when you make more seasons of shows that are like this not like a Grey's Anatomy okay you're we're in the hospital you get new stuff every day right and then you add drama on top of that whatever but if you look at even that show the drama is cyclical yeah they just change people that is true right okay so any good movie or show you don't want a sequel like I I just want the show to be so good that it leaves you satisfied satisfied in the first season and now on the business end, if you want to come back to get a second season because it did so well, okay, cool, maybe. But I think sometimes the second season stuff takes out of the creativity. Leave this show where it's at because they did a phenomenal job. They wrapped it up amazingly. Yeah. Even with the last scene of her just walking in the street, she got out the car to walk to go back with the people who just love chess. Mm-hmm. All them people in the street are playing. They ain't playing to be grandmasters. Right. They just love chess. Right. She wanted to go play with them for the love of the game. That's where it all started. Now, is I should know this, but this is a Netflix original, right? Yes. Okay, Netflix. Netflix has been coming through. They have with been. With the Netflix originals. They have been. Now, I do want to, not, not necessarily to burst your bubble, because they still deserve all of the credit for choosing the stuff. Netflix be buying their originals, if, if that makes sense. Meaning, they will offer their production and everything else off of, they're just like any other studio, I guess you can say. Uh, So like, that's why some shows, um, like Arrested Development, right? Used to be a network show. 
and they got canceled and then Netflix picked them up and then there was a Netflix original. Right. So, okay. Okay. Like designated survivor. Exactly. Same thing. Um, so shout out to Netflix though, because this one is, is hot. Top okay? tier. Definitely top tier. Um, it is by the numbers, their best Netflix original show that's came in. Really? By numbers. Yes. Which is crazy. Um, but I think you, when you think about it all, chess is such a world that is typically male dominated. Right. And this is a story about a female who is not even just a female, a very young female mm-hmm. in an old, like an old man's game. Right. Who isn't just like good. She's dominating. Right. She's a marvel. Right. The best chess player the world has seen, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I just think it's cool. I think it's dope. I'm glad they had this. I hope it opens the world up to people to play chess over the Thanksgiving break. I taught Katie how to play chess. Yes. It was fun. I had to take notes on my phone to remember <laughs> <laughs> to remember which piece moves which way, but we had so much fun. We played at Corey's parents' house and yeah. now I told Corey we need to buy our own chessboard. Yeah, I would play every single day. Listen, when I don't when know we, about every single day, but I, I would, would enjoy playing. But when we started out, it, the games were lasting like seven minutes, and then the last time we played, it was like an hour. Yeah, I was gonna say Corey did beat me every single time. <laughs> That's all right, though. But you're just more strategic than me. And that is really what chess is about, is strategy and thinking three steps ahead. And I don't, because I don't think about my opponent. I think about my game. Right. Which you can't do. So I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning. learning. We're getting better. You did good. I was, you know what I'm saying? Pat yourself on the back, because I feel like even in a short amount of time, you, uh, your growth was exponential. So I made you retreat. You did, you did, because I was on attack pretty much the whole game except that moment. All right, let me ask you a question before okay. we get into um, our favorite segment. Okay. So part of the theme of the show was the connection to a connection from Beth to her biological mother, mm-hmm. um, which to me kind of set up her personality and and a lot of her struggles. She seems to care a lot about her mom, mm-hmm. right? She mm-hmm. thinks a lot about it and everything else. My question is, since before every episode, there was a life lesson that her mom was giving her. Do you remember anything your parents told you when you were little that was like a life lesson that you still carry today? Ooh, I wish you would have let me think about that. No, that's why I took this one in here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I had no idea that was coming. Um, Let's see. The one, <laughs> the one thing that my dad always said when I was little, and this isn't really a life lesson, but no matter what, he would always say, toughen up, buttercup. Toughen up, buttercup. <laughs> or suck it up, buttercup. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, no matter what, you got to toughen it up. But when I was a little bit older, you know, college age, I was in college and Obviously, I was going through some stuff, and I was at one point questioning, like, should I even continue? I was just in a really bad spot, and I didn't really understand what the point was anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm a first-generation college student, so obviously my family has gotten by without college degrees. Right. And one thing my dad said to me that I always keep with me now is that education is something that people cannot take away. It is the one thing that people cannot take away from you mm. is your own knowledge and your own education. So That's what kept you going, huh? Yes. 
Kudos to Pops. Now I have a master's. Hey. What up, no. Okay, degreed up. We degreed up over here. Okay. Okay, yeah, I like that. I just had to, I feel like I had to ask that question real what quick. What about you? You've had time to think about it, so you better have an answer. <laughs> I, what's funny is I actually haven't been thinking about it. I wrote this question and when we watched episode five. Um, but I would say for me, there's a bunch of nuggets. I told y'all in the last episode how my parents are. My mom's very cerebral. My dad is very, um, so much, a little bit more of the enforcer. He's kind of funny and whatever. He's like a classic New York City guy, right? Like, but here's what I would say. Yeah, born and raised, right? Here's the thing about my pops, though. While if he took long to get to his point, it never made sense, right? I'm like, okay, (laughs) what did you just say? But there was plenty of times where my dad would say one thing that's like, a half a sentence and it would just knock my socks off i'd be like wow i kind of get it if from from little stuff of like he'd say hey like in the moment while i'm heated he'd be like pick your battles and i'm like what, what does that mean but then i'll also be like are you right you know what i'm saying like this is not really something that i should be fighting um so i feel like i take a lot of those i feel a lot like beth that before every episode she's thinking about what her parents said when she was little and for me i do the same i try to sift through what is a life lesson that I continue to carry that I still have that's like a moral to me, right? Mm-hmm. That I want to live by. One of them is like, pick your battles. Mm-hmm. Like, live to fight another day. Every battle is not meant to be won. Sometimes you got to lose to, that's why I like chess. Sometimes you got to lose to win. Right. You're going you're gonna to sacrifice a piece, whatever. You may not even be wrong. It's okay. Change, change your perspective of how you, you, you know, uh, losing. But I say this to you all the time. The one that has stuck with me that pretty much runs my life is teach people how to treat you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you grew up in a Middleton household, exactly. <laughs> you will hear this from my mom even so today. Yeah. I got told this. <laughs> <laughs> this is like our this mantra. <laughs> yeah. This is like our mantra. You teach people how to treat you. Okay. Because if you do not, people will treat you how they, how they want to. That's it. They're going to treat, as long as you give them an inch, they will take a mile. So you always, every single decision, everything you do, you're teaching somebody how to treat you. If you say yes one time, that allows them to say yes again. You know what I'm saying? They're going to come or circumvent you. If you say no, they're going to think that too. So you just always teach people how to treat you. If it's not okay, let people know it's not okay. If it is okay, let people know it is. If you feel uncomfortable, let people know you feel uncomfortable. Uh, But teach people because if they care enough about you, they will learn how to be around you. If they don't, they won't, and you need to get them from around you. So, yep. shout out to mom. And it's funny because I feel like your dad is very philosophical now. Super. He, like, reflects on everything, and so <laughs> everything is a deep conversation with him. Yeah. And I it didn't it. necessarily used to be like that. I think he's come to form uh, now that he is a retired man. Yeah. Uh, he's just in his head a lot. And his reflections. Too. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I learned so much from your parents just in the... Three years that I've known them. Well, I will let them know, I'm sure. And, or they can listen to this episode and they can hear it themselves. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to our favorite section. Let's um, dive right in. We're going to talk questions back and forth. How do you feel overall about these episodes? And you can give them all different ratings. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. So five, six, seven. How do you feel? One through ten. So five, I would give it a nine. Okay. Nice. Um, 
six, I would give it an eight mm-hmm. just because it kind of drug on. I mean, I still think we got important information from it, but it was very long and it felt like it was a two hour episode. It did. And then episode seven, I'm going to give it a 10 plus plus. Okay. 10 plus plus. All right. I'm going to go eight, eight, 10. And I don't ever give 10s. I know y'all just, oh. you just backed up. Oh, a 10. Right. Do tell. Okay. Eight, five and six mm-hmm. ranking wise are the same for me, but for different reasons. Six was just, it felt long. And you know, I don't like stuff that feels long. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an hour and it was all of that hour. And I feel like five was. I don't know. I just didn't want to see the traction between her and two guys, right? It was like Benny and uh, Harry. Yeah. And that just wasn't necessarily a story I cared for. I understand it had to show like a different level to her. But even now, I still don't necessarily think that their love interest to her and her, you know, interest in them really played like a vital role besides, you know what I'm saying? Like they could have all just been friends. Like none of them had to have sex. Right. They could have all been, like, friends. I feel you. Besides the fact maybe with Benny, you have to create the illusion of, like, Benny's really mad, right? Benny at one point says, don't call me back again. But then he's on the phone when she's in Russia mm-hmm. telling him how to telling her how to beat uh, Borgov. So I get maybe that, but you could have even, if you kept him as a friend, you know, you could have still created that distance. So I was kind of, I kind of felt somewhat the same about episode like five from six mm-hmm. that's why i give them both eight they were still good episodes so yeah. don't take that wrong i still enjoy both of them uh but seven was just such a slap seven was amazing mm-hmm. seven was a full emotional roller coaster it was and it ended on a high but not a high that we typically get from like action movies and everything else right it wasn't a disney princess high where like the last scene is them kissing and there's mm-hmm. fireworks and Happily it's a big, ever after. Yeah, no, it was just like it was a back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And I and really you know, enjoyed that. And you know that even after this, she's still going to have to fight to like keep her head on straight. Right. And yeah, I agree. And the story doesn't stop here. It's just beginning it was here. A, it was a humbling yeah. story. Yeah. Right. So I enjoyed episode seven. Definitely a ten for ya boy. Um. Okay, let's move on. Favorite scene. All right. So um, I have two favorite scenes. My first one is when she goes into the basement and she sees that Mr. Scheibel has been keeping up with her oh, all of these years because I I think that she realized in that moment that even though she has felt so alone and isolated, right. that there was someone this entire time who cared about her mm. and who was keeping up with her. And who was cheering her on, even though she didn't know it. And so I I really enjoyed that. And then um, my second favorite is when Borgov said, draw. And she said, no. Mm-hmm. Katie said, hell yeah, girl. I did. That was so <laughs> lit. I was like, let's go. Do not let this man draw. He's doubting himself. You know he's doubting himself. You know that you can beat him. Let's go. Let's finish it. Don't tie with the best in the world. Be the best in the world. Mm. 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 And she did. That's my girl. Do those two scenes speak to you at all? Meaning, I think me knowing you, being married to you, that second scene is you. What? Okay. You love winning. 
What? Uh huh. Yeah, you love winning, and I think that you that was you in that moment. You know, that's a decision you would have made full out. Like, oh no, nah, I got you on the ropes. I'm about to I'm about to put my neck my you know my foot in your head and press the gas. But yeah. The Scheibel I scene. Just, I just, I very much so love a triumph story. You do. You do indeed. Um, the Scheibel scene, though. Do you feel like, have you ever been in a spot, and you can say no, but have you ever been in a spot in your life where you felt as if, like, it's just me, but then, like, somebody came in, and you were like, oh, my goodness, I'm not alone. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've all felt that way at some point, very alone. Um, obviously I've been in some very dark places, so I've definitely felt alone. Um, and then, you know, just having those friends that reach out to you or somebody from your past, like an old teacher reach out to you, you know, and say, Hey, I've been keeping up with you on Facebook. I'm so glad to see all of these things you're doing. And it kind of reminds you that even though in your daily life, it may seem like things are going wrong and you're alone, but in the greater scheme of things, you're doing amazing. Right. Like, I love that. So, yeah. It's always perfect timing, too. So. It is. It is. Okay. Um, yeah. If y'all let us know if y'all feel the same way about, like, if y'all were ever at a low moment in your life and tell us y'all's story, if y'all came, how y'all came through. Uh, for me, my favorite scenes were... If you can remember the split screen scene at the championship in Ohio where she's playing other opponents and so is Benny, but they're doing a bunch of split screening to where they're showing Benny and her playing at the same time. They even go into a sequence where the squares on the board end up kind of like, like looking like the Brady Bunch. You remember that? Episode five, they're at, they're like on a stage in at the university in Ohio and they're both playing, and there's music playing, and they're making all these moves. Oh yes, yeah, right. I thought that was a cool. I thought that was a cool scene. Yeah. I loved. I think it was really like very clever editing mm-hmm. to where it's building the tension between those two, mm-hmm. right? Now you want to see them play, but we also didn't have to watch them play six people because if you look at the show, the show's kind of been okay. We know that Beth is going to play the top person. Right. But we have to show Beth playing five or six people before she gets to the top person. Right. So and it for, not being super easy. Right. You know, um, or even boring. Like, do I really care to see you beat six people before you right. get to the seven? So for this scene and for them to edit it that way uh, was really cool. There's a lot going on. It shows both of them advancing mm-hmm. somewhat at the same time, building up that tension. So mm-hmm. when they get to the top, you know, it's just them. So yeah, I, I enjoy that te- uh, that scene. That's pretty cool. Um, another one of the scenes that I love also um, was just really the final sequence between uh, when she's in the hotel, she goes and she does the press, which is not really her thing. Um, she does the press and and she turns around and her little, you know, her lover is there. Mm-hmm. The love of her life is there. And then everybody is there. You know, he she picked up the phone. Benny's there. The twins are there. Uh, yes, the yeah. twins. I was so happy to see them. Matt again. and Mike, they're there. Harry's there. Like everybody is there. So it's like for me, this is a moment of family for her, you know, and support and friends. And even though they're far away, she's feels so connected. Um, and so I enjoyed that scene. That was just from a writing aspect. We wrote off these people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Matt and Mike, we haven't seen. 
Right. Henry, Henry, Harry, I guess his name is Henry, but Harry, we know has kind of like, he had the tension of like, I'm working. I don't really care for chess that much anymore. I have a good job. You need help. Right. Benny literally told her, don't, don't call me no more. Right. And we haven't seen the reporter since forever, but since he had a dude in his room. Yeah. So all of these people we wrote off. So it was such a good thing seeing them come back. You know? It was. Uh, and then all at the same time. It was such time. a happy moment for me. <laughs> Dope moment. And then the last one that I really enjoyed was when she was telling the two ladies from the, the Christian organization, you know, pretty much to F off. Not to say, uh, <laughs> not to state one way uh, or the other for any religion or whatever, because uh, I'm very much so proudly a Christian. My point of that scene was that for her, I'm so happy that she didn't engage in something she didn't believe in, even when other people were telling her to do so. Right. Just take the money, just do this, do that. Even though you don't necessarily feel the way you want, you know, that they, the way that they feel, just do it because of this, that, and the third. Like, how often do we do that in life? Yeah. You know, and we talk about like people selling their souls, and I would never do that, but it's like, even something as simple as that. For the right price, you might. Yeah. Exactly. Most people, and some of the people that, I would say most people that I have interacted with, they taking that money. They taking that opportunity. And she was like, nah. Luckily, she had a support system that helped her get to Russia. Right. But I love that scene because it just showed that she was back as being Beth. Mm -hmm. She was back in like, I'm in my right mind. I'm not about to do that. Because I don't necessarily align myself with that. That's just stupid. And she continued to do the right things. Okay, you gave me money. I'll pay that money back. Right. Even though it puts me in jeopardy or not going. Uh, so I really, I enjoyed that scene. Because it was like, yeah. the good Beth is back. I guess yeah. you can say. Yes. Good and bad Beth. All right. What scene did you hate? What was the worst scene? Um. So the worst scene for me and the scene that I hated the sequence that I hated was her downfall, mm -hmm. her binging, um, obviously not being able to function, um, and just seeing that downward spiral. Because like I said before in previous episodes, obviously I'm rooting for her. I've been rooting for her this whole time. Never wanted her to fall into that. Last time I said I did not like Bad Beth. <laughs> right. So um, I just hated seeing that, but I knew... Knew my girl would come back. She's going to pull through. She's going to pull through. What's yeah, that yours? was tough. Um, man, I would... For the fact that I didn't want to see her do that, I would have to agree with you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was really... They kind of were cheesy with the way that they showed it. But also, you just that was tough. I've, and I've seen people who were, like, in her state. Mm -hmm. You know, so it just reminded me of, like, people who really... Again, one of my biggest pet peeves is seeing people who have all the talent in the world and who away. just just flushed flush it down the toilet. That's like, oh, I cannot stand that. Mm -hmm. But cinematically and from a storytelling standpoint, I couldn't stand that long ass orphanage scene where she went back in. Yeah. And she's pretty much just standing in the hallway for 20 minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that I know, was, She could have at least talked to someone and right. been like, hey, I'm back. And the choir is singing the song, uh, you know. With and, the same choir director. Right. And then Miss Deardorff comes out in her little cane and says, you should be, you know, somewhere else or whatever. And I was like, this is just weird. Like, yeah. 
what is going that part on? That did make me feel weird. Why do I? She really just need to go to the basement, right? You know, like even if it was that they showed the choir, they showed Deardorff or whatever, because they really wanted to show that not not much has changed. Yeah, that shouldn't have taken as long as it it took in the show. Very true. All right. They literally spent about a good seven and a half minutes of her standing in the hallway. So for me, that was like, take that out, please. When you go, if you can make a different edit, take that one out, cut it a little bit shorter, put her in the uh, basement so she can find Scheibel's uh, shrine for her. And um, yeah, keep it moving. That was me. And that almost kind of doubles as like a scene I didn't know, like I had no clue why it was there. Like, why was that an important... Yeah, that's fair. Especially because we knew that that old girl was had a cane because she broke a hip. Because right. Jolene told her during the funeral. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just like a scene that I hate. I don't know why I was there. Do you have any scenes where you were like, I don't know what's going on? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily, I don't know what's going on. I just felt like I could have done without the whole Cleo line, um, storyline. And just because I felt like it didn't add anything to the story. We already knew that she was spiraling. So I don't necessarily feel like we had to see her um, spiraling with someone else. Cleo was like her devil. Yeah. She literally was. Well. A pawn to. I, for me, she was literally only there to set up her downfall the night before. Boardwalk. Yeah, that's true. I guess she didn't spiral until after that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, she was I just, like, I feel you. I could have just done without that. Right. Because there's another way they could have did it with the characters that were already there. Right. So for them to introduce a characters who's who literally only plot was to. To create chaos, chaos. The night before her big match with Borgov, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I could have did without that uh, as well. I feel you on that one. Definitely, I don't know why she was even a part of the thing of yeah. the show. Agreed. I thought she was going to be uh, maybe a little bit deeper of a character when they first met, and they're talking about the relationship with Benny because she'd been with Benny as well. Uh, so maybe there, there was going to be some connection there, but but there was not. Yeah, not really. Um, who do you love? Who do you love? Who do you love? So obviously the character I love the most is still going to be Beth, Mm -hmm. but best supporting character, I'm going to say Jolene. I was so happy to see her back. I was so happy to see her doing well herself. I love that she still supported um, Beth. Beth wouldn't have gotten to Russia without Jolene. Right. And she believed in her. She was like, how am I going to pay you back? And Jolene said, when you win. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to pay me back. And even if you don't, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. So shout out to her because she's my favorite character too. She's been my favorite character since uh, episode one. She's the realest. She is the realest. She, I also think she played a very big role in telling um, and really explaining to Beth that they're family and this is what family is. I'm here to support you. That's it. I'm here because you need me here. I, mean, I ain't got no other ulterior motives. I'm here because you need me here. Right. I've been following you since you left. Uh and I'm I showed up in a time and you're I'm sure whenever I need you, you're gonna show up in uh, you know, whenever whenever I need you. And so I love Jolene because that just speaks to the purity of her heart. <coughs> um 
So I enjoy that because even in TV shows, it's hard to find real friends in, in real life. Mm-hmm. So to be able to depict that as well as they did in the TV show, that is really kind of dramatic, you know, and not like girlfriends or something like that. Right. Friends were supposed to be like funny, um, but in a really dramatic way of like, how do your friends pick you up in your time of need and how do they support you and things of that nature? Uh, so I really, I'm happy she came back. I'm going to always support Jolene. She always going to be my favorite character unless they come back with a season two and she do something wild. <laughs> then uh, then she probably won't be my favorite character. But other than that, she my fave. What about a character you hate? Because you know mine. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to have to agree with you. Austin. Yeah, I can't. Is that even his name? I don't even care. If it is a name or not his name, I don't care if we butcher it because he gets on my nerves, my last nerve, the one that's like right behind my left ear on my neck, that yeah, nerve back there. I I don't like the fact that he came back. I don't like not the fact at all. that he's still rude for no reason. For no reason at all. He just he's just a weird guy. And I just don't understand why he needed to come back because clearly clearly he wanted the money from the house but beth was paying the payment so he wasn't missing out on anything. right he would have got the money you know what i'm saying and he still had the title to the house right so it wasn't like so even if she would have paid it off then he still would own the house right so i don't understand what that whole uh, he's just such a oh my goodness gracious literally if there was one character in a show if there was like a, a character list of shows of like top 50 characters you wanted to punch in the face He's definitely cracking like top 12 for me. Okay, definitely. And I watch a lot of TV shows. You do. He cracking top 12 for me because he's literally, since the inception of him being in the show, has been nothing but a burden. Yeah. The straight annoying. I just don't understand. It's not just like a man thing either in the show because I was thinking that too. Like maybe it's how men were like back then, but like all the other guys in the show were just not assholes. You know what I'm saying? Like even Manuel, like, Manuel. Manuel. Even Borgov, who you kind of think you have this like reverence for because he's such a great player. Right. But he's honestly he's a, sweet. Yes. A gentleman. Yeah. Right. I don't know about sweet, but yes, a gentleman. He's definitely a gentleman. So for him, this is, oh man, it's just some sucker stuff, man. <laughs> really just, that grinds my gears, gets me going, makes my beard itch. With <laughs> whatever other saying you want to go with, uh, I cannot stand him. Cut him out the show too. Um, but you want to talk any more, anything more about him? His Uh, punk ass? No, I'm good. Okay. We can move on then. So what about this episode? Can you relate to real life and what would you do in that situation? Okay. So I don't want to get too deep, but I really think that episode seven drove a a bunch of stuff home for me. Okay. Excuse me. Family is what you make. Okay. Okay. I talk to you about this all the time. People use the phrase, blood is thicker than water. Mm -hmm. When the actual phrase is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Which legitimately somewhat translates into family is what I make it. Mm -hmm. I have yet to find a family that has been perfect. So every family has their their ins and outs. Mm -hmm. Mine as well. And the one thing that I have learned growing up in my own life is that in the moments where I felt as if 
I needed my family most or I would like to see my family most, not everybody was there. Right. Now, some people were there, yes. Those times taught me that the people who showed up to support me were my family. The people who were going to come because I needed them there. The people who were going to be Jolene. Yeah. I needed you here. You were here. I didn't even have to ask you. You recognized there was an issue. Mm-hmm. And you came to support me. You put in the extra work. All of her friends, like, they stayed up hours playing through her games to help her out. Like, I can, my boy Ian, the first time I ever met Ian, we were at, um, what is that? What is that? Oh, man, I can, I've been from, I've been away from Stephenville too long. We were at Peacock's. You remember Peacocks? I love Peacocks. Yeah, man. I, just get I that miss kibbles. Peacocks. I used to get that kibbles and bits. Um, we was at Peacocks and we were eating and I think I forgot my wallet or something and Ian paid for me. Like right there. This is the first time I ever met him. Ever. Mm-hmm. That man don't know me from Adam. <laughs> besides the fact that he knows that I'm like Jeremy's brother. All right. And he paid for me then. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Like that's a good guy to know. The more I got to know him, I always got that same sentiment. Right. And I was going to be there for him. He was going to be there for me. For everybody that's in my circle who I choose to be my family, it's always been that. I know that I got they back. They know that I got their back. Did I say this? Is that the same thing? Yeah. Anyway, we always going to be there for each other. Okay. And more so than I feel like some of my own family members who grew up with me in the same household will be there for me. And I know that sounds like real, you know, kind of backwards, but it's not. We are grown. People separate for whatever reasons and family is what you make it. Right. This girl, Beth, didn't have, she is, she didn't really have no family. She was the only child and her mom, as we saw in the show, actually tried to kill her. Mm, yeah. Close your eyes. Right. Ugh. Look at the look at the lilies. Is that what she said on Walking Dead? Look at the lilies. Look at the daisies. Anyway, her mom tried to kill her. She don't have no family. She's an orphan. She doesn't have family in the way that we say you know you're in a family. Yeah, but she always had family. That wasn't a scene that we talked about, but that was a really haunting scene. Definitely, definitely, and I think that was part of like her life that she really blocked out mm-hmm. until that moment. Right. Um. And I think it was a way for her to like to separate herself from her mother. But that was really what like what I took away from that was that like you really have to. The people who support you and the people who gonna rock with you, who going to show up when you're in the hospital because you're sick, you know, what I'm saying dap you up, just be there around you, who going to call you in your time of need. Those are who your family are. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that's also who your biological family is. But your family will expand beyond those who are bi- biologically connected to you. So for all of our listeners, if you have friends out there who you really, really enjoy being around, who you love, who you will be there for, let them know that, y- that y'all family. Mm-hmm. Give them their flowers now. Put them in your family circle. Y'all go on trips together. When you have kids, if you have kids, your kids are going to be playing. It's going to be family for the rest of your life. Right. So that's what I got uh, really from these episodes specifically episode seven family is what you make it the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb yeah i love that i think what i got out of this is um 
the lesson that Beth remembered from um, school, I think, where they say you're orphans because your parents made bad decisions. Yeah, that was a trash statement. Is yeah, it not? that was a very trash statement. But I think what she what she said afterwards resonated with Beth, and I think that we could all learn something from that. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, nobody's parents were perfect. And if your parents were, then you're one of the lucky ones. Um, because we're all human and we all make errors and we all just try to be the best that we can be or be the best that we think we can be. And so I think that the lesson in that was you're an orphan because your parents made bad decisions. Don't agree with that statement. Right. But it's up to you to not make the same bad decisions. Mm. So I think that that really resonated with me and that you don't have to be a product of your surroundings. Mm. You can choose your own destiny. You can choose to like Jolene, like Beth, you can choose to come out of the orphan system and become greatness because you control your own destiny. You get to go to school. You get to show up for class. You get to make the grades. You get to test and become a paralegal. Right. You get to go to law school. You get to become a lawyer. Right. Like you're making all of those decisions for yourself. And I think that that's super important for us because I feel like sometimes we get caught up in the fact that um, I came from nothing or nobody in my family has gone, gone to college. So it's not in the cards for me to go to college, you know, things like that. So I think that it's just, it was a very important statement for mm-hmm. her to quit doing drugs and to flush them down the toilet, right. which I love that scene too. Um, and just to fight your demons because you're not just because you want to be different. Does it automatically make you different? You have to work to be different. Right. And so I, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's what I took out of that. Definitely deep, you know, and, not to say that like everybody's going to have the same opportunities, but I think you just got to make the best of the opportunities you have. And right. if you are playing for a be- a bigger opportunity, just be ready for it. Right. right. You know, so um, I think that's super important. I'm, I'm glad they really showed somebody who phased out of the system, but who became very successful to their own degree of success. Uh, it was just a paralegal, but she had ideas of, of becoming a radical and a lawyer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm that really like, Joyed my heart. Um, And I feel the same way about that because I really do feel like most people who talk to me, you will know this. I'm very much so in in behavior and choices and your responsibility of you Mm -hmm. making your own decisions. Right. Like that's probably what gets me in trouble in a lot of conversations. You know, (laughs) it makes me seem a little bit more abrasive. Um, We talk about this. We actually talked about this last week at a dinner table at Texas Roadhouse about, you know, like my counseling style. Uh, you know, when I get there, I, I don't want to know about everything you did in your past. Mm-hmm. I want to know what you're doing now to reach your goals in the future. Right. Um, and so that seems a lot callous, but I'm really speaking on your behaviors. And I think that's what you're kind of talking about. You can decide what you want to be and you can prepare yourself for that. Now, I hope you get the opportunity, the grand opportunity. Like for me, it may have been, I wanted to be an NFL star. Well, I didn't, put in the work to do that. Mm-hmm. I went to college. I didn't finish playing football, right? Those are decisions that I made. But 
had I done that, I would have put myself in the position that if the opportunity came, I would at least had a chance. Right. So I feel you on that one. I feel like this show, much like chess anyway, you know, it just teaches you a lot of a lot of things in life, a lot of resilience. Right. Um, So make your next move your best move. You feel me? Strategic moves. Yeah. Strategic. Um, I don't have no, I hope, I don't have no predictions. I would hope that they just really kept it to this first season and didn't go to a season two. Yeah. Um, I could agree with that. Just leave it at this. This is just a, a great show. Leave it at season one. Let it be done. Yeah, I'd rate the show overall a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I would I, I would agree. Huh? I know I would agree. This is a 10 show. Okay. Definitely. Um, for the lighting alone, <laughs> you might give it a 10. But the, the lighting and the writing was impeccable. The acting was impeccable. impeccable. Um, everything was just great. So shout out and kudos to everybody who worked on that show. And guys, we just got, guys, girls, and, and everybody else, we just got seven great hours. So you spent seven hours watching, and it was seven good hours. So Amen. pat yourself on the back, sit on that couch, and let's see if we can find another show that's going <laughs> to give us some more great hours. But yes, listen. Give us all of your contributions. We want all of your um, suggestions of what we should watch next. We got something today that said, um, talk about Christmas movies. Yes. Rank, rank your favorite Christmas movies and why. And I think that that will be our next episode. Yeah, that, that will, that will be our next one. And if you know one. me, I am thrilled. Yeah, me too. So we have a, a very different, uh, we grew up very differently when it comes to Christmas uh, movies. We both love Christmas. Uh, and we, I don't think we have a similar list at all. So I'm actually pretty excited about Probably it. Probably not. Because it is like polar opposite, uh, opposites. I cannot talk you today. You can't talk. It's okay. Polar opposites. Um, but some of, there are, there is some crossover. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about it. That should be fun. That's what we're going to do next week. But we're also going to jump into a new show the week after that. So we need your suggestions. Uh, we would love for it to be a show that is readily available so something that's on netflix or hulu or maybe amazon prime where most people would have um like some shows are you know euphoria or whatever that's a great show but it may be a little bit too exclusive for people who don't have like hbo, HBO max or something yeah. like that um so let's see if we can find some shows that everybody can watch and maybe just maybe because i love euphoria i would love to do something on euphoria uh you know maybe we'll do that for like you know patreon or something like that but uh, for our very dedicated listeners who really want to break that down and also have that package. But anyway, listen here. We made it to the end of this episode. We are glad that you made it to the end of the episode and you know what we're always going to say. Okay? Thank you. First and foremost, if you have not joined our Facebook group, please join it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Press Next Club. Join the group. Uh, get, in, get in the conversation and engagement. Follow us on Twitter at Press Next Pod. And definitely on IG, the good old Instagram, at Press Next Podcast, okay? Because we want to interact with y'all. We can't do that if we, if you're not following us. So we want to, indeed, interact, find out more about you, find out the things that you like. Um, as always, shout out. First off, shout out to Lauren and her company for making that order with Mama Moore's popcorn. I seen that. So big shout out to y'all. Yes, We're going we to keep plugging her. I had some popcorn when we went home uh, and told some people about it, some other fans about it when we were at, back at home. So 
Go on the website. And I think your mom's getting that for us for Christmas. She is. All the kids. Yeah, she gets popcorn. That's another Middleton family tradition. She gets popcorn every Christmas for us. It used to be these huge tin cans. Mm -hmm. Uh, But popcorn and pajamas. We typically get a new set of pajamas (laughs) and popcorn. Uh, We have a bunch of family traditions. That happens to be one of them. Listen, go on the website and order you some popcorn. 15% off with the promo code PRESSNEXT at checkout. Um, and then also you can use it in store. So if you just happen to be in a Metroplex and you're like, yo, let me shoot on down to Grand Prairie right off of 360 and you're going to go over there because you're going to see a super target, right? You're going to see a super target. You're going to say, wow, I need to get in the super target like really bad because who doesn't love super target? Pull right over to Mama Moore's popcorn. Go in there. You can get you a tin can from there too, like in big old cans. Get you one. And then also use the, the, the promo code PRESSNEXT at checkout. So in-store and online, get you some popcorn. You feel me? Yes, sir. What you getting for Christmas? What did you put on the order? Um, I did the tech. Oh, no, I didn't no, do the Texas two-step. I two did step. the Texas two-step. I changed my order. I did <laughs> ebony and ivory, uh-huh. <laughs> and which is a caramel popcorn mm-hmm. with drizzled with chocolate Milk chocolate and white chocolate. Mm, chocolate up. Chocolatey. I can't wait. I love that popcorn so much. I love popcorn, but I love Mama Moore's popcorn. It's always smack. Every so many time. flavors. Uh, yeah, you can get whatever you want. You can mix and match. So go ahead and get you a little bundle. Um, now, some of you have signed up for this, and I'm really appreciative of it. And we cannot wait to do this. But you need to go on our link on IG and sign up for our monthly appreciation, which is our Press Next package. Okay? Go on there. Click that link there. Sign up for the Press Next package. We are going to create a package for uh, our listeners and randomly draw a name. And every month, we're just going to send a package out uh, randomly to one of our listeners. So, Right to your front right door. Right to your front door, man. Right to your front door. Uh, so we hope you get it. Take a little photo with it. Have fun with it. Uh, post it. Share it. But really, we just want to show our appreciation to you. And if you would like to, in return, show your appreciation to us, there's two ways you can do it. One way... Uh, will be financially you can hit us on cash app or venmo both are at press next podcast drop us a little coin i know it's the holiday season and maybe you're spending money on gifts so if you want to give us a gift drop some money in there and then also on um apple podcast leave us a review please leave us a review we would definitely love that uh definitely trying to climb the charts if you think this show is trash and you want to give it a one star Give it a one star. If you think it's amazing, you want to give it a five star, give it a five star. If you're like, eh, this show's all right, give it a five star. <laughs> Either way, just drop us a review. Uh, let us know how we're doing, how we, if there's anything you want us to change, but, um, or, or shows you want us to watch. Either way, drop it in review. Let us know. We check that. Uh, we try to listen to our listeners as much as we can because we do this for y'all. And yeah, get you some popcorn. I think that's it. Thank y'all so much for watching this with us and um, reviewing. Yeah, now was you that can't talk. (laughs) Reviewing this with us, we have had such a good time. Um, We love this show, so it was great. Until next week, thanks for listening. Indeed, man. We'll see y'all next week. And as always, when Netflix asks if you're still watching, always press next. Press next, partner.